For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Thursday, everyone. That's our word of the night, openness. And it's all about music. Music. First of all, who or what are you celebrating tonight? I'd like to begin by celebrating our sponsors tonight. First of all, EMC Studios in New Jersey. Uh, they are wonderful with the work that they are doing, uh, teaching and bringing music to the next generation and the older generation as well. So if you're looking for great music teachers in New Jersey, EMC Studios is the place to go. I also want to acknowledge our other sponsor this evening, and that's Deborah Stone. And she will, of course, be at the Laurie Beachman Theater on Sunday, October 9th at 7 p.m. If you are able to be there, by all means, do so. And if you're not able to be there, treat a friend. But tonight, we're all going to be talking about the music. I'd like to acknowledge two other people that I'd like to celebrate tonight as well. And that is my Let That Go partner in crime, and that's Kasira McKee, and also Doug McAllister, because they brought to me our wonderful guest that's going to be joining us tonight, and that's Tony Moran. And Tony, I have been listening uh, this afternoon to so many of the great artists that you have had the great pleasure of knowing and working with over the years. Um, I'd also like to acknowledge Jed Ryan, who says, you throw the greatest parties in the world. Uh, and I only have one question. Why am I not on your guest list? So all you got to do is ask. We have we share digits now. So uh, we, we have each other's now. So we're going to talk yeah. about that. But I always begin my show by asking who or what are you celebrating? And so let's start there tonight. You are the one busy man. God bless you. And thanks for being here tonight. Well, thank you. It's, it's, it's a blessing to be here. And so, you know, I got to a point, you know, on my journey throughout life, like, you know, thinking that it was all about to end, like, you know, 39, 40, 45, 50. And then I was just like, you know what, I just got to celebrate every day just for that, for the purpose of being here and, you know, being uh, granted this privilege to, you know, to share my thoughts, my creativity uh, with, you know, with respect and, you know, and to be able to listen to others. And, you know, I continue to grow learning something new every day from people young and old. And so, uh, I really appreciate that. Well, the other night I had Burt Ward on this show and he had a great saying at the end of the show. He said, think of every day as celebrate every day as if it was your last day. And eventually you're going to be right. You, so. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that sometimes I've celebrated my last day, like 23 hours and 59 minutes worth of that day. And then I'm starting to get a little tired. And um, but, you know, I do. And it's unbelievable to see or to witness um, the generations going by and, you know, that you can be somehow a constant, you know, like an anchor for them somehow. And I think that both you and I share this ability to be good communicators and i think that really is like the anchor of, of anything that you have any any purpose that you have to express yourself and so uh and so that's why i don't feel my approach to music you know life is a little bit more complicated and i can celebrate and talk about that through song but then i can just tell you the story life in itself can be a little bit more complicated but music has really allowed me the opportunity to put band-aids to put good energy, healing energy, also to give energy back, you know, that I have because what it is that I'm grateful for. So it's just been, uh, it's been a great journey so far and I'm not done yet. Uh, that's incredible. And you're definitely not done yet. I want to put today's show in perspective. Um, uh, today, the Queen of England passed away and I have seen this outpouring of love and sympathy and everything. And, uh, Erin Caleb, uh, one of our sponsors, uh, she actually wrote to me and said, you know, she was a little sad. And I said, I can't be sad because I look at this woman's life. She, first of all, over 70 years on the throne, uh, 
she is known the world over. She is being mourned by everybody. Everyone is, the outpouring of love is phenomenal. And it's something that I think if all of us could have just a fraction of that, how lucky all of us would be on this planet. Uh, so I celebrate her, her body of worth, and it's all about celebrating each other and our bodies of worth, which is what this show is about. Uh, I agree. What, what are your thoughts about uh, the Queen of England since uh, we are at that point in the show? When when I saw that happen earlier today, you know, I had an immediate reflection about her. And though I don't know all the details of her entire journey, I was like, this person has definitely earned every single privilege and ounce of respect and love that she's getting from the world over. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm busy doing my own stuff. And then I turn on CNN. And I'm like, Joe Biden's fine there. He's landing. And I'm sure people from all around the world and people of all different economic levels are going there you know, to go and pay their respects and pay homage. And I think that's a true sign of, of, of personal dignity that you want to convey and then also show that she is a representative of that legacy to carry on to other people. So she is like Princess Di, you know, whose unfortunate circumstances just led people to want to be a better version of themselves, even though she, she had all of these trials within her wealth with media and this and that and negative and drama and positive stuff and people worshiping her. I just think that, you know, I just have such a, such a respect for her honoring being at the top of that chain and doing it with respect. What a great thing to say. Uh, I do want to let everyone know, as I said, that openness is our word of the day. Uh, and we do have a special giveaway tonight. Uh, Jared Winters, who does our montages, for some of our celebrity shows, uh, is doing a concert of uh, South Pacific in New York uh, on the 20th. And he's giving away two tickets uh, to a lucky winner tonight. If you are not in New York and you're not able to attend, uh, you can give the tickets away to someone that you do know who is in New York, or you have the option of getting a Richard Skipper Celebrates mug. So you can always be a winner. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the word openness, openness in your life, in your career. What does that word mean to you in terms of living your authentic self and your body of worth? Openness, like O-P-E-N. Yeah. Uh, well, to me, you know, at, at an early stage in my life, I had to recognize who I aspire to be and who I am and who I am in the eyes of others. And it really created like this crossroads. And then I chose not safe. I chose let me be myself and let me evolve. And then let me just let the world work itself out and either it'll work in my favor and I'll be able to live comfortably as a human being regardless of the success or failures that I've had versus like always wondering why, who I should blame for not having a chance. And so, you know, I don't know, maybe it's part of youth to have this perilous version of what freedom means to you, meaning that you have to be willing to lose it all, though you're too young to have that much to lose. So for me, to be able to call a car service versus using a token on a train in New York City, going back to Brooklyn from Manhattan, to me, it was just like, you know, I had already aspired to, I had already reached another level but then i realized you know these fans are coming out they're listening to me sing and they're just watching me produce songs that are being sold like hundreds hundreds of thousands of songs at a time and really i'm not i don't understand what the big picture is yet because those kinds of revolutions were happening beyond my control or beyond any previous planning you know all of a sudden i'm working with one dmc a rap group and then all of a sudden I'm being hot. I, I'm creating new sounds within a platform of New York City openness to music, and and that was something that was a, you know, that was a infusion of hip hop and and Latin salsa music, which became freestyle music 
which ultimately led me to having multiple, you know, gold albums and platinum songs by groups like the Cover Girls, which led me to go and produce Gloria Stefan based on my openness to my culture and my heritage and being able to express that musically. I want to ask a question uh, about your culture, uh, and I hope you don't mind me going here. Can I have uh, a sip of this as you're asking that? Yes, absolutely. I'll take a sip of my water while you're doing that as well. Uh, but this is based on something that Doug told me. Um, a life lesson that you got from Rita Moreno wow. about, your, uh, about uh, your culture. Do you want to share wow. that with us? Yes. Um, I had the privilege of, of meeting her more than a few times um, through a mutual friend. And he is one of those people like our, like our friend Doug that was like, you know, we need to put these people together because this is this is the mixture. This is like this is the salt and pepper and the hot sauce and the tamales, you know, to inspire thought. And so Rita Moreno, who is obviously extremely uh, who's earned all of these awards and all of that fame, like, you know, sat me down at dinner and she said, you need to understand who you represent and people will look up to you and people will frown upon you for your failures, but you have to be ready to accept the responsibility of knowing that what you really ultimately want to do is lead. And, you know, of course you lead to success and you lead to failure. You need to, you, you know, you, you lead. And so as a Latino person, she really just was kind of saying, hey, man, whenever you get a chance to snap to it and understand that you're not just a DJ, you're not just a songwriter, you're not this, you're a person that wants to be able to lead through, um, through your actions, like what, it, what pride means to you. And so that extended itself beyond just my Latino culture. It, you know, it extended itself to my being proud to be gay. It extended me proud to be uh, an uncle, a mother's son. You know what I mean? It's just like, I like to, that. that's wonderful. So, so, it, so what she did is really apply a version of what you need, of what you need to understand what pride is in yourself. It just can't be about a flag, you know? And so, uh, and so I don't remember how I told about Doug, but it was just so impactful that she's saying this to me. She's looking at me dead in the eyes and she's like, you get it? And I was like, can I just like finish my appetizer as I assess this for a second? Because it's kind of heavy if you look at it that way. But she's like, the point can't come any sooner than the present as in now. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> just finished chewing. And so she wasn't being, she wasn't being like, I don't know. She wasn't being aggressive. But she was like, our time is now and we're hanging out and we're having a good time, but I just need to get this point across before time slips away and then it's time for the check and then a hug goodbye. But, you know, it was more than just like respect, respect, respect. And so with other, you know, Latino artists, whether it be Mark Anthony, the singer, or Jennifer Lopez when she was just young, or Rosie Perez, you know, you know, working on television shows, we were in this mix of stuff. Little Louis Vega is also an amazing, legendary DJ and producer. Like, we just all kind of say, hey, we are in the mix of a shared responsibility here. And thick or thin, like, let's just note that we can have, we will have each other on some level. One person will be there. It's like a lifeline. But before you have experienced life that well, and I think that maybe Latino culture with mothers and brothers and sons and father-in-laws and my sister's ex-husband or second ex-husband or whatever. It's just like this family. So once it's family, it's like it's all in. What an amazing thing to happen. I want to ask you, what precipitated her saying this to you? Um, we had a mutual friend that was very into, um, into uh, creating not just events, but being a person who had been affected by HIV and AIDS that was a real pioneer in trying to get the community, the, the, uh, the actors and actresses and singers and all that stuff, to get the entertainment community involved in order to get people out and to buy tickets and do all that kind of stuff. But the message was clear. It's just like in the midst of all this stuff that's going on in the universe, you got to stop and recognize that the point is relevant and we need to take the time out to go and participate, you know, and, you know, and so, um, and so when he put us together, he was like, let me just put you guys together and just brainstorm. 
And at that time, you know, she was uh, her husband Lenny was alive, and he was like in his, I didn't, I, I don't even know, like I can't even put an age, but he was like in his mid eighties, and I was just like, you know, this this man who's in another culture, and, you know, she's total Puerto Rican, he's total Jew, I'm a total Colombian, and he is protecting this woman like the way you would want to be protected by the the, the, the most gifted warrior. You know what I mean, and that's the way, and that's the way relationships should be for those who you love. You make your best effort. I just think that him at any age, in their thirties when they met, and then as they got much older, that um, that he would do anything to protect something that he coveted in such a way. And I just think, you know, I felt that way about music, but you know, people help you hone in on what that, what does love mean to you? You know, love grows and love expands, and you become. Mm -hmm. A little bit more more diverse in your understanding, and um, and uh, and I think that he had to he himself, in all respect to him, not knowing him any better, who gave off to me that you need to open your mind to see that there's a great world out there, and your mind has to constantly be in motion to be able to address, adapt, accept, or have an opinion towards any given topic or any different. Or, or, or different opinions, which Rita Moreno had no shortage of. Well, it's like she's passing the baton, and it's like you take you have to take that. It's almost like being in a relay. Uh, I think the imagery is the Olympics with the Olympics torch. She's passed mm -hmm. this torch on to you and asked you to run with it. Did you uh, realize the enormity of what she was saying to you at the time, or did it take some time for it to really sink in with you? I I grasp the enormity of have, of her having of taking any opportunity that she had to share it with another Latino person to try to get to try not to to make the community involved. You know what I mean? Like not just me as a DJ or a producer, but I'm sure other actors, other directors, other producers, friends of theirs, partners of theirs, uh, loved ones by theirs. And so I think that what she did was like in a state of activism to try to stimulate our consciousness first at the roots of it, which was the, the two Latinos themselves. You know, that was my my version of how I received it because I wasn't really, you know... Uh, you know, I don't know, in this music industry or in this entertainment industry that we're in, I think it's just as just as impactful for, you know, for Mick Jagger to come into the room and be able to say, kid, you got something going there, run with it. As it is for Rita Moreno to sit me at the table and be like, you need to understand your purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like all of them count in such a vast, in such a vast way. And, um, and so, uh, you know, I think it takes a lot for people to extend themselves to communicate a message that is heartfelt to them. You know? Well, you know, it's very interesting because we are in an industry where it's very easy for people to be uh, narcissist, where they come in, they do their job, and they don't think about anything beyond that. Obviously, she realizes that it's not just about her being in front of the camera, being on stage that she has a responsibility that goes with that. And obviously you have picked up on that and God bless you for that as well. Um, I'm going to assume that you obviously think of her as a major mentor in your life. Uh, do you feel that you have become a mentor as well to many people? And if so, when you are going into the work that you're doing, is it something that you're consciously aware of at all times? Uh, and how do you translate that uh, into your current work? Um, well, I mean, to me, because, you know, my luck in this, in, in, on this earth was that with all of my enthusiasm and my lack of knowledge, of musical knowledge, that the enthusiasm itself stood out where people supported my endeavors. And, you know, to be like 19 years old, and then to be asked to work on Born in USA by Bruce Springsteen, and then for Bruce Springsteen to give you a credit on the song, you know, was just like a sign of support that was given to me by Paul and those after, and you know, all these people and the producers, Arthur Baker. And so it immediately, it was like not a torch that you're passing, it is just a level of awareness 
of talent that is to follow and that talent is not there to take over your brand. It's there for your strength to be in your support to others. And so as a DJ, I go in there and there's like, sometimes I see like, you know, four DJs opening up to me or other DJs closing. And I just feel like, you know, I can help to navigate this where it's just like, hey, you knock it out and give it the best of you. You're not going to tune me out. I'm just letting you know that I'm here to express myself and to be in my moment and to and to have my game on because I do my homework and I want to be able to share myself with you, not feeling like it's a one-way street. And I embrace new ideas. And sometimes people will fumble and try to catch catch the pass that's going to lead to the touchdown and so on and so forth. But that's all good because I'm not here to catch one touchdown. I'm here to show a consistency of why it is that I want to please the audience, whether if the sound goes out, if the monitors aren't working, if the artist is there and the microphone's not working. I'm like, hey, we're in this together. And whatever that means, it means that I will not leave you. And then you get to a place and your communications to these various people that you work with is like, you know what? He's he's got me, you know? And I was like, yeah. And in case something happens to me, I know you got me. If I forget my headphones, because I just came from two gigs before then, like someone would just pass me their headphones because it is, I have now sent the message out there that that's how I roll. And if you want to get to a place where you want people to look at you that way, then, you know, it doesn't take you giving your music away or sacrificing an opportunity. It's just what it is that you will take it down a notch where one person is trying to take somebody else's stuff. And um, and so I think that that is the way, like, you know, uh, I don't want to make it all about Nina Moreno because my times with her was so brief that they were so impactful, you know, and just like other people. It is a wonderful life lesson that you learned from her. And there's so much, I mean, there's, there's so much to unravel here. And I really do appreciate your uh, sharing this with everyone. Um, I want to ask you uh, with, I mean, you've reached, uh, levels in this business uh, that many aspire to, uh, many do not get to that level. Um, as you look at your life that you've manifested and created for yourself, because I am a huge believer in manifestation, uh, do you believe in manifestation? And if so, do you feel that this is the life that you've manifested or is this completely beyond what you even imagined your life being at this point in your life? Um, that's a good question. It's like, you know, for me, as a, in my youth, you know, it's like what dreams were, and then what dreams unfolded too, were just like, I could have never have known what would inspire me, lead me, direct me, you know, it's just, um, I, I all I wanted to do is to be able to recognize my enthusiasm and my passion for music. And that didn't, to me, at that time, it was like being able to DJ at yet another block party in Brooklyn, New York, you know? And then and then all of a sudden, you know, you get an opportunity to buy a real to real, you get into a studio, and then you create something that had never been done before and is like, you know, and is being acclaimed by peers you didn't even know existed because I didn't know that I was a peer because I just bought a real to real with an, with another great Puerto Rican friend of mine, Alba Cabrera, and all we wanted to do was extend our mixes to be longer and have be better quality, not realizing that something would unfold. And then that producer, Cindy Lopez producers, hear my radio show on WKTU, which is a New York City yes. station, and the producer calls the radio station to ask where who did that. I need to call him to work on my next Cindy Lauper record. And then he has to call my mother's house. And then all of a sudden that led into a destiny with this producer, Arthur Baker, and famed uh, remixer and producer of Madonna, Chef Pettibone, Mark Kamen, CJ's Dance Interior in New York. They just brought me in to work on everything from Oingo Bongo, Oingo, which is Danny Elfman, like the person who created yeah. the Batman movie soundtrack. He's asking me to work on his music at the same time that I'm working on what would become freestyle music in New York. And then ultimately what built the foundations for me to musically be able to create the remix where... Celine Dion wants to know what I'm doing in there. You know what I mean? Like personally. I'm with well, the Andros. 
Yeah. Obviously, the enthusiasm was there. Right. When, where, and how did the enthusiasm for this music begin for you? Um, well, you know, as I said, like, I, I was being, a door had opened while I was still living the dream just hearing myself on the radio. And I think probably that maybe as the manifestation presents itself to me, the dream would be that someone would be able to recognize that I had the talent to create something bigger, but I didn't know what bigger was. I just knew that the enthusiasm was leading me somewhere where I had to have contact with other creative people that were in the process of creating music versus working on music that had already been created. I want and you to. I, repeat, <laughs> I, want you, I can't repeat that. <laughs> no, you, no, I want you to repeat what you just said because what you just said is the key right there. You wanted to be in contact with other creative people. I right. mean, to me, that's the key right there. Right. And when I was granted that opportunity, it was just kind of to be a, a fly on the wall. But, I, you know, Harry Belafonte is in the room working on a movie called Beach Tree that had collected all of this New York energy, people young and old to work on an album, which all of a sudden brought me to, you know, uh, musicians like, you know, David Cole, who would be part of CNC Music Factory, and to other, uh, Bob Clearmountain, who worked on Simple Minds and worked on, you know, Bruce Springsteen. Like these, all these people were in the same room and they would just be like, Tony, retired. Can you edit the remainder of this song? Like, I didn't even know how to do it. I mean, I was reading instruction manuals all night long and I just couldn't believe that somebody left like a 19 year old in a million dollar recording studio. And I was like, I got this, I got it, I got it, we're cool. And then, you know, 12 hours later when people come into the studio, I had read the manuals, I had finally learned how to press play, you know, on a device. And then, then, and then applied my enthusiasm and, you know, and, and basically the effort, you know, to fail and to succeed and to be able to have something available to them that stimulated them. Like, I just need another 10 hours, like, just connect tomorrow. I had no idea what that would mean, but somehow, you know, give kid a break. You know, he's got heart, you know, give him a chance to be at bat, you know what I mean? In front of other people. Because you could be a great, you could be a great athlete. You could do, you know, do all your rehearsals and do all your running. But like when somebody pops that thing and the thing goes off, you know, you have like thirty something seconds to get to the finish line faster. Mm -hmm. And the second is all the difference in the world between you being first or being last. In this case, like you know, I just kept getting into a field of vision that allowed me to grow at the speed of thought. You know. Well, I love the fact that all of these opportunities are happening very early on where you are given the opportunity to say yes. And it seems to me that you keep saying yes. Was there any ever a time where you said no or you second guessed your choices? You know, uh, absolutely. Uh, I felt early on when I when, uh, you know, I, I had a musical partner when I was growing up. His name is Alba Cabrera yes. from East Harlem. And I was from Brooklyn and we met at a record store. And then together we united to, you know, to to apply our enthusiasm to how we edited music. And we created a group called the Latin Rascals. The Latin Rascals themselves as a, as a brand became a sensation, I guess because we just had the word Latin in it, but we were doing cutting edge editing, you know, while for artists, again, you know, you know, I, my first song that I worked on was Swept Away by Diana Ross. And she called me to ask me to re-edit it. Cause like what, what the F asterisk, asterisk, asterisk was I thinking to let <laughs> Daryl Hall come into the song before her? You know, who are you talking to? And I'm like, Miss Ross, I, I, I'm really sorry. As I regroup, please give me the opportunity to re-edit what it is you're doing. And Arthur Baker, the producers in the room, you know, maybe Daryl Hall was there and they're just like, let him sweat out this conversation because this will show to us, reveal to us, if he's got the chops to own that it was his 
that he's the one who needs to address it versus saying, well, that's what they gave me. This is what I had to edit. And, um, and so when that happened and working on that song for legendary music producer, Arthur Baker, mm. the musicians in this chorale, cause it was basically, it was the, it was like the 42nd street train station of creativity. Everybody went there to go like work on music or hang out or smoke a cigarette or have a drink in the studio area. And it was just a matter of time when people just said, look, you know what, what do you got? And I'm with another friend of mine, another Puerto Rican guy named Andy Panda, Tripoli. He's like, we got a song. We got a song. We got a song. We know how it goes, but we don't know how I want it to, we want it to be. But it's called Show Me. I was like, well, show me what you got. And then we start singing this, show me, show me, you really love me. And all of these instrumentalists that are working on major pop anthems go into the studio and help us arrange, find our drum sounds, help us to create a sound that is what we're looking for without it being their go-to pop sound. And so from there, you know, you know, I wrote my first song, you know, with Andy Panda Tripoli. Uh, and he had written the lyrics and the melody, and then we went and joined our forces to create a sound that would be, you know, one of the early forms of what is what is pop music today. But at that time, it was called Latin freestyle, and um, and it just led the path for us having, you know, multi platinum albums from this group, and also representing our Latino culture with, you know, sharing what how Andy Panda stated it was um, Latino versions of unrequited love, you know, and that was, you know, since I had really not made love to anybody at that time, I had plenty to tell about unrequited love since it was all part of, of that's, a dream. That's amazing. <laughs> if that makes any sense to anybody. <laughs> Man, I'm sure you made up for the unrequited love, you and dash unrequited love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Absolutely love this. So all of these, I mean, it's, it, these people that you're meeting as you're going on and they're saying, hey, can you do this, kid? Can you do this? And you're going, yes, I can do this. And you're showing them that you can. At what point does that flip over to the phone starts ringing and people start saying, we heard about you and we want to bring you into this project. When does that start to happen as the next level in your career? Well, in, in the case of, of this group called the Cover Girls, we went from editing music to, um, you know, sorry, fly, uh, to, you know, to being in uh, the presence of different instrumentalists. And we would just stay up at all hours of the night. And then we would just accumulate ideas. Like people would take video footage to create a montage or something. We just, whatever time was available and when people had to contribute to us before we were getting paid for any project, um, we just, you know, we, these people gave us the time to, gave us their time to share their creativity with us. Now we developed and wrote our own songs, mm -hmm. but you know, we, there was no budget at that time. So I think, you know, I really put it in the format of like people doing documentaries and filming it. It's just like whatever you can piecemeal together to conceptualize an idea where you could share it with another party that can invest in the song, then that is a person who is one of the founders of of, of hip hop music in general, or one of the endor endorsing factors in that. His name is Sal Abatello that owned a company called Fever Records that is based out of New York and out of the Bronx. And he had, um, you know, uh, endorsed and released music, which is part of like hip hop music history. And he was like, you guys got a Latin form of hip hop here. Let me invest in that. And so it, it led to Andy, Andy Panda's and Sal's vision of having a group that would be modeled after the Supremes to create a, a group of Latino women that were expressing themselves through song to the Latin community. And that group became the Cover Girls, which was our, which was our, our basically our, you know, our springboard to represent our music. And then as the Latin Rascals, I wasn't really planning on being a, a singer, but just the way, as you said, the fire happens like that. It's like, what are you gonna do? You need to be on stage, you need to DJ, you need to do this. And I'm like, you know, I'm gonna try any, I'll try whatever you guys will help me finish. And that's when, you know, 
back in that time, like, you know, artists like a, an artist named Sapphire, which is Lenny Derry and Mark Anthony, who had yet, Mark Anthony, the artist who had yet to be discovered. It was like, you know, we got time. We have no place to go. Let's just sing with you in a recording studio. And they helped me to create a song called Arabian Nights that I sang on that, you know, Mark Anthony, like, led me and guided me to every single note. And then again, it became part of the foundation of songs that helped to catapult this freestyle music genre. And, um, and so it's just at the, at, at the rate of opportunity, people were asking me to make music that were in pop genres, but at the same time I was developing this sound that was from the streets of Brooklyn and Spanish Harlem that would become a sound that would cross over to pop. And it was just, they were just merging so after after a while, it's just like having a pack of crayons, and then it's a hot day, and then they just kind of all melt, and it becomes one color. So at that point, that is what I felt like, this Crayola box that had just all, you know, melted against each other. And then I was just shooting at whatever you could, you, you could take that one big crayon and just put it over everything. You know? What an amazing imagery of, you know, of <laughs> your work. I just love that. When do you feel that the Tony Moran brand really began to take hold? Um, so just like all good things, like, you know, all good things come to an end. And I don't think that anyone in the entertainment industry is prepared for that. Because what happens up until that day that it's over on some level, you don't see it coming. Because just... The organism that is that is going on around you, it's not them. It's just like you just don't notice after a while. You just get used to going on stage. You do your set. People love you and the cheers are going on. And then all of a sudden, like, a new sound is happening. And it's on the radio. And then your sound is getting played less, but it's still getting played on the radio. And then all of a sudden, just like disco died. Remember that? Oh. <laughs> I was around for I that. Do. I was around. And yeah. <laughs> yes. And so, and so, just like that happened, this this particular music genre, which I had told you about, that I helped to develop, called freestyle music, it became the disco of that generation. And so, all of a sudden, I found myself, you know, maybe at that moment financially secure, but I'm only like 27 years old, and I'm, it's over. Like no one's calling me back. No one, no one's telling me why. You know. Um, I go out to clubs and they're not letting me into into the club for free anymore. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, you know, I got to, this is the perfect time for me to invest in myself and, and, and reinvent based on that same enthusiasm that I had then. And whatever that is, then let me, let me educate myself in understanding what the current sound means to me, the current sounds mean to me, and see if I have it in me to reinterpret that some way that mm -hmm. will still make it not make me a sellout to the next sound. And um, and so that's when I started, I invested in myself and I, you know, I, 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 had, I had already put out a lot of major music on major record companies like Sony and, you know, and, and you know, BMG and, um, you know, I asked them, I called them up and it just, it just takes, a, it takes, I don't know if I was brave, but I called them up and I was like, look, I just want you to know that I'm around, I'm, I'm full of life, send me anything and let me remix it for you. You know, let me just remix it for you for free and let me just show you what I got. And so basically I'm really pimping myself out as, you know, as someone who's, a veteran in the business, but sharing like, maybe give me a chance. And then somebody did. And I did a, a free remix for the, somebody was a label representative over at Gloria Stefan's uh, music label. And I did a, 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 a B-side remix of a song called uh, I'm Not Giving You Up. And then when that song came out, as you know, there's nothing better than having a B-side of a song explode. It's more relevant than any A-side because it comes from the rear. Do you know what I mean? It's a legendary, pleasurable experience to all. And, and so what that did was it just all of a sudden made me a person who was at the center of the dance floor again. And at that time, I just took everything 
And just like I did in the, in in this freestyle era, I was like, okay, well, zero, 10,000, 20,000, 50,000. And then I got a manager and then Janet Jackson asked me to personally asked me to remix a song called Together Again for her. And then at that point with that, well, my heart would go on with Celine Dion and then her being in the studio during like, it's all coming back to me now. And uh, me requesting for artists to be present during some of my interpretations in order to respect the integrity of their art. And, and then, you know, Celine Dion, Patti LaBelle, came in and we sang stuff with the Vandros who gave me so much endorsement. You know, by the time I met Gloria Stefan, she was like, you just need to get you in there and let you and build a laboratory for you. And then let's do an album. And so she said to me, it's like, I'm going to hire you to be the only producer on my album, you know, and, you know, got nominated for two Grammys for that. I just have to, you know, I'm eternally grateful. I just, grateful. I, I just um, crazy about her. She said, she said to me in the beginning, I will be with you through this whole journey. Nominated or non-nominated, I will go and sit next to you. And that's what she did. Wow. What an amazing story. I mean, you, well, everybody wants Tony Moran. And they say that in this business, uh, there comes a point where someone says, get me a Tony Moran type. And there's no, there's no other... Tony Moran type. There's only Tony Moran. There are people out there who try to copy what you do, but oh. no one can replicate what you bring to the table. Let's face it. Uh, although they may try. Um, what advice do you give to those who attempt to follow in your footsteps? I think that I, I, I aspire to respect the craft like a now Rogers or Quincy Jones would do it. It just happens to be that my tempos are a little bit faster, but I apply the same grace and most of all, to represent the artist in the most respectful way. And to basically the art of the producer is to allow the artist to represent themselves in the way that they feel that they did their best, like they know. And so at that point, it is where you know, that's just the way I grew up. Like, like everybody's encouraging me to be the best of me, but that's because we encourage all the people that we're around to be the best of you because we're being the best of us. And so, you know, it, and so I'm sure that there were a lot of people that had different ways of approaching life, but that is just what I was attracted to. And that's what I aspire to. And so, you know, if I could be one of those people that too thick or too thin, that, you know, for the sake of the art, that I will, it is worth whatever struggle, whatever you think is not worthy of your talent, it's not worthy of you if you feel like it's not worthy to you. And so, and so I just, so with that, I'm humbled by it and, you know, surrounded by other people with all different kinds of youthful energy and you have to have my role was never that of being of the attack or I'm going to be better than you it was just like I constantly had people out there that I aspired to be that I aspired to grasp that energy who I never met you know what I mean but just want the wonder of how what it would take for them to be that to me like Tiesto you know, I don't know him. You know, I DJed a gig with him, but it doesn't mean we did like an ombre hug. It mm. means that I was just there in the room. But to see how he, how destiny worked out for him, where there must have been, you know, crossroads. Mm -hmm. You know, there must have been a place where he felt old at 30 with trance becoming the new thing. You know what I mean? That, that you know, that that he had other people that, inspired him in order to lead the pack through whatever he's going through. And, you know, up until this day, just like, you know, there's no better concert to go to than a rock concert for a legendary artist because they know what they're there for. Exactly. They know, they know what those songs mean to you. And so every song that they're singing is something that has meant something 
to one of your 30,000 or 40,000 or 50,000 people around you. So whether you two is singing something from Joshua Tree album or singing something from Pride in the Name of Love, like it's all, everything in between that is going to be meaningful. And however Madonna wants to convey it through her interpretation of the big picture is how she does it. How Lady Gaga does it is her picture. How Tiesto does it, his thing, Danny Tanaglia, other DJs, Victor Calderon, whatever. They're there to provide you with that moment, and they will work at it for the time that they are granted to be on that on that stage. That's amazing. You know, Tony Bennett said the greatest advice that he got in this business was from Judy Garland. And she says, every time you go on stage, give the audience what they're there to see, but give them something new each time. Wow. Uh, take it up a notch each time. And he said that that was the greatest advice he ever got. What I've loved about this interview is learning about how you evolved over the years. But what I want to ask you, the business has also changed a lot since you got into it. Right. I want to ask you, what are the changes that you've experienced in the business that you absolutely love that have changed? And what are things that you truly miss that were in place when you first got into the business? Um, that would be a tough question. Like, you know, so with the business, you continue to grow. And so what it is, is that once, once networks like iTunes and Spotify came into creation, then you could no longer count on, you know, if you have a certified record of 500,000 downloads, it's much different than 35, than, than 500,000 pieces of vinyl or CD sold. And so, you know, you, you know, you, you adjust towards that income change and I just really it wasn't a luxury it was just the opportunity to work on other skills in entertainment which would be DJing and then I had a chance to express myself musically but also realize that it, in, in the case of my being a DJ that I'm glad that you're here to see me but I want to make it so that you experience that it's not all about me it's all about the music and it's about your feelings on the dance floor and I will gravitate towards what it is are the songs that you're expecting from me, you know, Deborah Cox, Deborah Cooper, um, Celine Dion, whatever, or Rihanna, all these people that I've worked with, but that is not, I'm not just going to go and give you that because you're expecting that. Let me work to unravel those feelings that you have inside of you that you cannot, express because you got a day job because you got responsibilities because you got kids because you got your parents because you got this you got that and it's like so let me just understand that it's like you need time and i need time to let you feel comfortable enough where okay i'm in you know and i didn't have to go and and play unfaithful by rihanna and then like you know 20 or 50 other number one dance songs in order to share with you what i'm all about mm -hmm. i'm all about giving you part of me but it's always been about the overall experience as a dj whereas as a producer you know i'm very selective and specific about how i want to share how we want to interpret you you know what i mean and it has to be a shared experience you know you just can't I, at this point i'm just not at a place where like you know you know when i was with britney spears it was just like she's like this this Give me an idea. I'll give you an idea. We'll talk about sex. You want to talk about this? You know, it's just like, you know, I haven't been late in a month. Let's talk about that. It's like 30 <laughs> days. That's why it's on called 30 days. It's been, 30, you know, you know, which never came out. But I'm just saying that, you know, you just start somewhere and then you feel the reactions out. It doesn't, you know, being in the room with Donna Summer, like I didn't know what a hang up was and she didn't even know I was gay. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, Donna, did you? But I heard know? that she made the best fried chicken in the world. She met the best fried chicken in the world and she opened me up to her home. And, uh, you know, uh, with, you know, with a reputation that you've, at that time, I felt that she did not want to earn that reputation. Sometimes things just happen. That's where the chips fell in that way. And, uh, you know, and, and after we worked on that project, you know, I was just like, you know, it's like Donna, it's like the Donna Summer. You know, nobody needs to recreate you, but would you, you know, perform at a gay days for me in Orlando, Florida, you know, being an artist at something just because 
we put out a dance song and there happens to be like several thousand people that are going to be there that would love to see you. And she's like, oh, all right, you know, and she did it. Are you, you know, talking, and, are you talking about the time when she became born again and that change in her career? Yeah, because, you know, we never talked about religion, but what it was is that I went in to go and collaborate with her as a songwriter and a producer. We wrote several songs together in her studio in Nashville. And, you know, in that time, it just didn't seem like it was a topic to bring up because we're just trying to make music. And the fact that Donna Summer was willing to work on original music compositions in the dance music format, to me, it's like, why do we even need to bring in the gate card? Because the world loves you. It's not... You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, people all around the world in South Africa know, you know, MacArthur Park, you know, word for word. Right. And so I was just like, let me open myself up to it. And then if the conversation would come about, you know, she had said to me, it was like, you know, you know, it's like, you know, Tony, I need to see a picture of your babies. I need to see a picture of your babies because I just can't imagine what they look like. She was giving me a compliment. And I was like, you know, Donna, it's just like, <laughs> you got a minute? You know what I mean? It's like, I, I didn't know if you knew, but it's just, it's not who I am. Totally. I am many things. It just happens to be, if you're asking about that specific thing, I'm a proud gay man, you know? And, and, um, and are you good with that? And she's like, I'm good with that. I understand what the problem is. Like being in that moment, wherever we were, there was like, I don't understand what the big deal is, deal is about. You know what I mean? Because Whatever a fumble, once you become a public figure, uh, any anything that you can say, you have to be ready to be held accountable for it. And just the fact that she was in there, in with me in the room, and continued to write songs with me after, you know, was you can't get better proof than that that she was okay with the experience and that, you know, well, I, mean, I, okay. I don't know what it's like to do and have make an apology like that. I want to ask you about that because uh, it's very interesting that you bring this up and I'm glad you brought this up because do you believe that it was the media that really came down hard on her? She didn't change. I mean, she knew what her deep uh, beliefs were. Carol Channing, late in her career, uh, a writer wrote uh, about uh, a comment that she made uh, saying that she had now turned her back on her gay fans. Uh, Carol Channing was a dear friend of mine, and I knew that that was Is that not... Carol Channing, the actress. Uh, Car yes, and yeah, I, I knew Carol Channing. <laughs> oh, you did? Did you work with her at all? Uh, I met her because uh, I had was fortunate enough to to meet some people in theater that uh, had worked on. Um, uh, on legendary. 1940s theatrical showings. I'm trying to, my, my friend was a dancer. His name was Richard Darcy, God rest his soul. But he had worked with the legend, with the uh, a legendary producer of that time. But I met her through this group of friends that were much older than me. But her openness and going to these parties in, you know, um, uh, you know, you know, in, in Manhattan, which is just legendary. But I, 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 I want to go back to the point that you're trying to make because I, I'm not trying to protect Donna Summer. I'm just trying. To, I was there to hear. But exactly. That, but that's my point as well. That uh, the media came down hard on her, but she had not really changed. I mean, she was very open. She uh, made a statement that was misconstrued, actually. And I'm just asking the same question about Donna. Do you feel that it was the media that was the issue, not Donna? I think I think that the me the media had perpetuated a, a, a you know a topic that had put her under a lot of pressure, where she was challenged by what people like me had to go through on a lesser scale: church versus state. You know what I mean? The beliefs of the people that are your loved ones, my parents, my brothers and sisters, and all of that. Like, what is God? What does Jesus tell you? And all that kind of stuff. But well, what do you accept? What are the people that? What are the people that have embraced you, and and supported you throughout the years? And I don't know if she. Uh, my hope would be that she never had the opportunity to fully articulate that. You know what I mean? Because it's now now it's become you know it, it had become for her. I would guess on the outside to be a question that was bigger, that the response, it would have a never ending, nothing that she would say is like, no, 
I don't hate gay people, would have, but, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just saying when she was in the room and she was being creative, she sang. And she loved being around people. And she, she made fried chicken for me. And I'm sure that she has done that to countless others that were in her life. You know, and like, you know, being around Barry Manilow and him sitting at the piano, we were really just working on a duet of Could This Be Magic for Barry Manilow and Donna Summer together as a duet when, you know, these unfortunate like health situations had oh, happened for her. And, and Barry was like so supportive toward me, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's like, we need to get this done. This needs to happen, you know? Because, you know, Donna Summer had done a version of that and Barry Metal had done a version to that. And, you know, I love both of them. And then when I was working on Barry Metal's album, you know, he's such a giver. These people in the industry are such givers. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, you don't know, like you can't put it in the category of how much. Because what it is, is once you're being supported by... An icon, let's say, of that nature, mm -hmm. just like Nile Rogers supported, had such great support for me and gave me great recommendations. And other legendary producers, it's just like this person and Clive Davis just gave so much support, like, you know, to put me in a room with Kenny G. You know what I mean? It's just like, um, it's just, well, I'll tell once you once you're into it, yeah. And I truly believe this, excuse me for interrupting. And I oh, think it's sure. they're givers because you have a light that shines so brightly. And when you've got a light that shines that brightly, Tony, uh, they're gonna gravitate towards it. There's no other way about it. You're not a taker. You yourself are a giver, it's obvious. And uh, they're just gonna gravitate towards it. Well, I appreciate it. And as you said, it's just part of my, it's an honor, it's a duty to be able to pass that on to others and try to lead by example what it means. Well, this hour has flown by. I mean, I cannot believe it. I mean, uh, I mean, when uh, Doug reached out to me and uh, and Kasira, both Kasira and Doug uh, reached out to me and said, you have to have him on the show. And I'm so thrilled that you said yes, because I know how busy you are. And I know that you, you've been on the road just the last few days. And he, everyone literally rushed in and jumped onto tonight's show. So thank you for doing this. Well, um, thank you, everybody, for coming out, and I appreciate it. And like, keep tuning in to Richard because I'm sure that he has all these fabulous people that he has on that are as enthusiastic as I am. Well, I have to tell you, uh, you raised the bar so high; it's gonna everyone's gonna have to rise to this now. So, what a great show! We, we are gonna do a giveaway right now. Uh, don't go anywhere for a moment. So, let's do the giveaway. And like I said. If you are not in New York and you're not able to go, uh, please give the tickets uh, to a friend. Uh, or uh, Cherie Callahan, I know that you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, my hometown. Uh, so, but give me a call later, Cherie. Uh, just reach out to me privately. I'll give you my number and we'll figure something out. Uh, I'm going to remove this for a moment. I am going to say my closing remarks. Uh, and then, uh, Tony, I'm going to give you the final word for tonight. Uh, openness. Uh, when I think about openness, uh, it's about uh, being open uh, to what's going on in the world, listening to other uh, people's opinions. Um, I'm going to give um, a plug uh, to my dear friend, Kasira McKee, uh, because her book, Let That Go, uh, I read passages every day. And I am constantly learning from her. Uh, she is uh, a goddess. She's a diva. She's a teacher. And I, uh, I just think the world of her because I'm learning from her. I truly am. And I'm not just saying that just uh, for the sake of saying it. Uh, I sat down tonight and I read uh, a few pages and uh, with openness um, about so many things. I want to ask you something, Tony, because on Sunday night, Kasira uh, and I are going to be talking, our topic is Let That Go, and we're talking about anger. Um, and I want to ask you um, if there's anything about this industry that makes you angry, and if so, how you're able to let go of it. Well, as I said, you know, I have to look at what is my goal here. 
and I set those goals. The goals is there. My, my goals are to be there for them. Or if I'm working on a music project and I've had a bad day and somebody's been an a-hole, you know, or something to disrespect either me or to the crowd, I have to let that go in order to allow other thoughts to happen, to let, you know, to let these finite opportunities of communication to unveil themselves to, to, uh, to other people or to join with the audience. And, you know, there are all kinds of stuff. And I have learned to allow things to go by me and through me with uh, have to remain, to remain focused on the goal. And the goal is I'm here for them. Like, it's not about me, like, getting out what my day has been. It being So there are multiple ways to do that. You know, but you do have to let some things go in order to make room for your mind because mm-hmm. frustration, insecurity, you know, all those things, you know, impede the creative process. And so to me, I'm like, you know what? I'm just, instead of doubting what I'm going to play next, let me just play it, whatever, what, what I knew might be considered, and let me go on to the next one. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I went to my set, and people, if they showed up and it's crowded, are living for it. And at that point, we're channeling each other. And then if there are not a lot of people in there, I know that I need to continue to work. I, I cannot continue to work on you if I have not let go of something that I maybe had time in my day earlier, but this does not have that time now. It's, it is a great, it is, it's like meditation. Like you just can't yeah. let something happen to you and just say, oh, forget about this. You know, it's, you have to be able to, it's like a soldier. You have to be able to say, this is, this is not, this is not going to affect me at this moment. I need to let this go for now, or maybe let it, let go of it totally. But, you know, like just, uh, I do work hard at it. You know, I am very sensitive and that is the nature of any artist is to having sensitivities. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, as, as I will call her bending her ear all the time. Yeah. I also read, I get a newsletter from Katie Couric and I was reading uh, this morning about setting the mindset for the perfect day. And when you put your feet on the ground each day, um, and this is going to be my lesson for everyone for tonight, uh, just be open to the possibilities yeah that the next day, that that day holds for you. Uh, I uh, interviewed uh, last year uh, a sitcom producer, and he says he thinks of each, uh, he breaks his day into 30-minute segments because that's how long a sitcom is. And if something is upsetting him in that 30-minute segment, he realizes that at the end of that 30-minute segment, it's over, move on to something else. And I thought that was a brilliant way of looking at life. And that if we're all open to these things, we can all make positive changes in the world. And that's what it's about. And so I want everyone to be open to going out after tonight's show and doing something, as I always say at the end of every show, doing something positive for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Um, If this is your first time at Richard Skipper Celebrates, and I thank you, Tony, for the endorsement a few moments ago. If this is your first time here, I hope it will not be your last. Uh, You can go to richardskipperscelebrates.com and subscribe. My shows are all about celebrating, celebrating life, celebrating art, celebrating artists and their body of worth. Uh, Please consider subscribing. And do leave a comment about tonight's show. Let us know what you think about tonight's show and share this with your friends. Uh, And then uh, by telling others about this, uh, word of mouth is the best advertising in the world. Uh, We can pay a lot of money for advertising and it will mean nothing if you don't go out and talk about it. Uh, I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice uh, without expecting anything return. So go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the fifth name that pops up and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. As my dear friend Sean Moniker says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. You never know what someone else is going through right now. As we began this show, we talked about Her Royal Highness the Queen, who passed on today, and the outpouring of love that people put all over Facebook, the photographs and everything. And just think, if they had done that a week ago, a month ago, let's celebrate these people while they're here now. And we need to celebrate each other while we're here now.
and let's do that. So as I sign off tonight, I always say, if you're gonna go out and vote, make sure you bring a skipper along. So I'm gonna leave the screen and Tony, you've got the final word tonight. Anything you wanna say about anything that we talked about tonight that you wanna build upon, anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final message that you wanna leave everyone with tonight. And I hope that you'll come back anytime you have anything that you feel that you wanna talk about or that you wanna promote. Uh, thank you for the gifts that you've given to the world and that you will continue to give. Uh, everyone, Tony Moran, and it's all yours. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really want to thank all, all of the people that um, have uh, allowed me to the opportunity to continue to believe in, you know, in the prosperity of creativity and, um, and to all those people that are out there that uh, want to create just their... All you need is inertia. All you need to do is have the desire to try something and any idea that you can help communicate regardless of what you have available to you is relevant. And so I just think having come from there, having nothing and be, find a way to express an idea that led to a greater version of that idea was absolutely worth it. So for all those people that are out there that are, uh, are struggling through music and trying to find their path, Everything that you write today is going to be worth it tomorrow because it'll make you a better writer, better producer, better songwriter, better artist. So continue to invest in yourself every time.